Section 31 of A Minor War History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Minor War History by Martin Alonzo Haynes. Letters 88, 89, and 90. Letter 89. Headquarters, Barry's Division, near Falmouth, Virginia. February 23, 1863. A week or so ago, the story was afloat that the regiment was going home right away, and no mistake. Colonel Marston had been down here, and had the consent of the President, the Secretary of War, and General Hooker, and we were sure to go. All the officers took stock in the story, and I did really hope that by next Saturday we might be in Manchester. But even now the hopes of going have died out and the excitement subsided. Such stories have been let loose every two or three weeks, as regular as clockwork. You would have screamed if you could have seen the ridiculous sleigh ride I did today. It was a lark of the general staff officers. They had a set of sleigh runners made and a wagon body mounted on them. The sleighing would not have been called sleighing at all up in New Hampshire. But they started out, with one lady in the party, tipped over twice, and then went to smash entirely. Ed Bailey's commission as lieutenant colonel has come. His court-martial has ended, and whatever the findings, he has returned to duty. Fred Wassley is now sergeant-major. One of the boys saw my box at the landing yesterday. There are several inches of snow on the ground, which fell yesterday, but it is warm today, and the snow will not last long. Wednesday. I have been busy the past two days. Yesterday, my patience about gave out. We had two choppers out in the woods, and along in the afternoon I was sent out with teams and a squad of men to gather up and bring in the wood they had down. Before we got to the woods we met one of the choppers, who told me there was no need to go any farther, as there was no wood cut, that they would not allow him to chop anywhere, as the trees were wanted to build corduroy roads with. Of course I turned around and went back, a distance of two miles. We had not been in camp fifteen minutes before the other chopper came in and said he had been chopping all day and had lots of wood down. The first chopper had not been out at all, but had been having a glorious drunk, and told me the story he did to get himself out of a scrape. Of course we had to go out again, and of all the times. It looked sometimes as if we would never get out of the woods. The teams got stuck and chains broke. There was an apology for a road, but its main features were stumps, roots, and bog-holes. Nothing but an army wagon could ever have stood the strain, and nothing but a team of army mules, guided by army mule drivers, would ever have attempted to get in and out of that place. But we got our wood, and were back at headquarters, tired but triumphant, about eight o'clock in the evening. Captain Gordon told me yesterday that Colonel Marston had declined his brigadiership and was coming back to take command of the regiment, much to Bailey's disappointment. George Lawrence is expecting a furlough to come along tomorrow, and he says, Finish a long letter and I will carry it as far as Lawrence for you. But I guess it will go as quickly by mail. Note the interval of time between the preceding and the following letters is explained by the fact that the stories and rumors of going home actually materialized at this time. The regiment left the Army of the Potomac February 26th and arrived in New Hampshire March 3rd. It left the state for the front again May 25th, arriving in Washington May 27th. 
the soldier boy and the girl i left behind me were married march ninth letter eighty nine washington d c may twenty seventh eighteen sixty three got into washington this morning at half past six less than forty eight hours on the route from new hampshire george slade lost his knapsack somewhere on the way mrs wasley was at concord and rode down on the train the last i saw of her she was standing on the plank walk her eyes full of tears i was glad you did not come to the depot when the regiment passed through george slade's wife was at concord almost heartbroken it was their last farewell george never came back we are stopping now at the soldier's rest captain gordon tells me we are ordered to report to general casey in command of the defences of washington and will probably stay about here some time the fourteenth new hampshire are here camped on the hill not far away we rode from norwich connecticut to jersey city on an old freight boat there were no bunks and i found the deck planks of about the usual quality and finish the good grub the family so liberally stocked me up with at manchester is not all gone yet notwithstanding i have shared it freely with the poor and needy i saw norm gunnison at philadelphia he was discharged for disability not long ago and is now working on some newspaper letter ninety camp marston washington d c may thirtieth eighteen sixty three we are now fairly settled down in camp on what is known as east capitol hill with nothing to do but eat sleep and drill and make ourselves as comfortable as we can the camp is right out in the open with not as much as a huckleberry bush for shade but we have a tents to sleep in which are roomy and comfortable much more so than our shelters there are only three in my tent herm sleeper curly converse and yours truly george slade did come in but he was detailed as company cook and now has a tent of his own i saw farnsworth over in the city day before yesterday major simeon d paymaster one-time publisher of the manchester american we were marching toward long bridge headed for camp chase on arlington heights and i had a chance to speak to him a moment our destination was changed however before we reached the bridge and we were about faced and marched to our present camp i saw captain bruce john n tuesday he is a sergeant in the fourteenth he tapped his chevrons and observed with a smile coming up you see which reminded me of the old old times before the war when he used to parade the streets of manchester at the head of his crack company the admiration and envy of every boy in town old beauregard or an s gardner the old sinner whose picture i sent home once has deserted before we left the state he was arrested and put in the guardhouse on mere suspicion that he was going to desert but the morning we started off he was missing sure enough and has not since been heard from my own private opinion is if he had been let alone he'd have been all right general martindale was in camp yesterday and the camp gossips greased up the old rumor machine and ground out the following martindale said he should try to keep us here as he wanted one such regiment in this place and it is supposed that marston is doing what he can to keep us in the defences afternoon one of our boys has just come in from the fourteenth and says they are going to march to-morrow i wish we could move over to their camp as it is a delightful location with shade trees and nice clean grounds 
our batch of brand-new lieutenants are having the usual experience in getting fitted into their places and are subjected to the merciless criticism of the old men for any blunder they may happen to make frank wassley was officer of the guard yesterday and got badly rattled and mixed up it was especially mortifying as many officers from other regiments were out to see our guard mount we are to be inspected to-morrow forenoon by an officer from general casey's staff and i have been polishing up my old springfield i have been in swimming once in the east branch sunday two of our boys who were in the city yesterday saw general marston and asked him what was to be done with us he said we would be with our old division in the army of the potomac within eight days our inspection is over it was not an exhausting ordeal the inspecting officer as it was very hot and dusty probably was as anxious as we were to have it over with he directed the quartermaster to draw straw enough to bed every tent i have sure enough cow's milk in my coffee quite often now quite a number of cows find free pasturage and very good grazing on the open lands in the vicinity of the camp End of section thirty one